Gerson, Vanderbilt beat writer for the Tennessean, at Aria underscore Gerson on Twitter. And Aria, it's been a uh, it's been a fun week. It's been a pretty it's, it, and it, and the fun hasn't even ended yet with covering Vandy. Oh yeah, it's been it's been an interesting week for sure. So you were up at Rupp. That didn't mean did not mean to rhyme that, but uh, you were there. You got to see that game firsthand. We had been toying with it uh, for the past past couple weeks of talking about on the show that you know Vanderbilt has played Kentucky pretty well. Not not so much to what they did last night, but they have been playing Kentucky uh, and giving giving that team fits. Uh, in, in some of their last matchups with them. And it felt like that signature win was just right there at some point, but they finally overcome that hill last night. How much of that game was shocking on your end? I think the most shocking part about it, it wasn't just that they beat Kentucky at Rupp because, as you mentioned, they have gotten pretty close a couple times, including last year. But it was that Liam Robbins got injured four minutes into the game and they still won. I think that was the shocking part about it. Well, and that's the huge part because so many people going into the game and, and uh, we even had a guest before the, sh- the on that show yesterday uh, that said like Liam, Liam Robbins, he's, he's back. You know, he wasn't there in that first matchup, but now he's back. And I, is that something that this team is that different from the first time they played Kentucky uh, that where they can find wins without him on the court now? Like, is has the team really changed a, a mentality or, or talent level or whatever that little nugget is that's inside of it that's helped them be better? Have they really changed that much? I mean, they're certainly playing better than they were at the beginning of the year, but, you know, I think part of it is is maybe just getting the right lineups on the floor at the same time. But I think that without Robbins, it's very matchup dependent. I think there are certain teams that would be very hard to beat. Um, And Kentucky, you know, they had some injuries too. They, you know, Severe Wheeler's been out for a while, but they also, their other point guard also got injured during the game. So they were basically playing without their top two point guards for most of the game as well. So I think that, that helped it was sort of sort of opposites there where Kentucky didn't have point guard Vanderbilt didn't have a center <laughs> well they did Quinn Moore Brown played pretty well but he was in foul trouble and sat out most of the second half so you know I, I and Tennessee I'll point out they they lost to Kai Ziegler too he got hurt Colin Castleton got hurt at Florida so I think there's injuries affecting a lot of teams in the SEC right now Talking with Aria Gerson, you can follow her on Twitter at Aria underscore Gerson. So this team right now, I mean, obviously we we talked about it. I think it's been a hot topic all on Twitter today too. Those net rankings, those pesky net rankings. Uh, do you feel that there is still a legitimate chance for them to get into the dance, into the tournament, and here at the end of this month? I honestly think that they need to win the SEC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. I don't really see a path to an at-large. There's, you know, always going to be bid thieves. They're not even really on the bubble right now. And that only gets smaller when mid-majors 
you know, get some random team wins their conference tournament. So I do think that Vanderbilt still needs to win the SEC tournament to get in the NCAA tournament. Would you say this season is better than last season uh, for Jerry Stackhouse as a coach? Because they definitely have they have similarities uh, where into the season you start seeing Jerry Stackhouse just being a little bit stronger as a coach or maybe more consistent. I'm not sure what the answer is there, but do you feel like this season's a better finish than what it was last year? They're definitely closer to the tournament than they were last year, even though, you know, last year they ranked higher in the net and Ken Palm and all of those, but were never anywhere close to the tournament last year. They are closer this year. They obviously have a better conference record, a lot better conference record and have wins over Tennessee, Kentucky, and Florida twice, which is three long-term losing streaks that, that dated back to Bryce Drew or, in some cases, Kevin Stallings. So yeah, I think from that standpoint that it is a better season than last year, yes. I, I saw some but people – probably end in the same result, which is the NIT. Hmm. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, so I saw some people too on Twitter. They were they were making the comparisons from this year to the year that they were uh, uh, goose egged uh, in the SEC, and that that year they were Ken Palm ranked at ninety, and this year obviously what are they at right now? Eighty four, eighty three, something like that. Uh, doesn't really. I mean, to you, do you like the net rankings? Do you understand them? Because I feel like so many people just have so much animosity and and out frankly just to myself it just seems way over my head so i am pretty familiar with you know analytics i do have some knowledge of how they work dating back to when i was covering michigan so i actually do think i i understand how the rankings are working and why vanderbilt is ranked where they are which the basic reason for that is that they played way too many really close games against bad teams at the beginning of the year, which doesn't just include the ones that they lost. It also includes, you know, Wofford, Alabama A&M, when they went to overtime with South Carolina. Now, whether you think that, you know, maybe recent games should be weighted more heavily or something to that effect, I think that, you know, I do understand how it works. That's how it works. And then also the net has a component of resume, like looking at at quad losses and Vanderbilt does have two quad three losses and a quad four loss. So that weighs it down as well. Talking with Aria Gerson, follow her on Twitter once again at Aria underscore Gerson. So let's change up the topic here, keep it with Vandy, but let's move it on to baseball this weekend. Are you going to be on your way up there tomorrow or this weekend? I am not. I am covering that from Nashville. That's probably a good thing, I imagine. Uh, that travel from Kentucky and then on the back on the plane again, I imagine to Minneapolis probably wouldn't be too fun. But have you? St- I know you probably have. Have you seen the field uh, there at U.S. Bank? What is, What is your thoughts of playing a college baseball game on a professional NFL football field? Yes, I have seen the field. It's very strange. It, it will probably make for some strange games. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of baseball at football stadiums in general, but, you know, I guess it, it helps your RPI if you play a bunch of neutral site games and, you know, at least Maryland is pretty good. Nebraska might be pretty good. So, you know, it, it helps their RPI to play these games, but it, it will probably 
could be a bit of a strange setup for sure. <laughs> I wonder how different do you think? Because I actually have no clue on this. I, I've I've played on turf baseball fields and turf football fields, but I don't know if there's that much of a difference. I know some sh some football is definitely uh, a little shorter. Um, but compared to the Hawk, which is all turfed, I mean, is it? Is, do you think it's going to be much of a difference for how the ball, say a ground ball to second, do you think that's going to roll the same way out there at U.S. Bank than it will at the Hawk? I I don't really know. I, I think that part of the factor honestly might be that is a domed stadium. So with Van Vanderbilt at the Hawk, you have an element of, I guess, the elements, whether it's raining or if it's cold or if it's warm the ball moves in different ways. Whereas I think at us bank, it's going to be the same way every time. So it's actually more predictable, but it might be not the same way that it would in, in a February or March game that's in Nashville because it's 40 degrees outside. It's, it's going to be very strange too. the dugouts, <laughs> which are repurposed. Uh, uh, we had Andrew on yesterday, I'll Greta, And uh, I think he said they're repurposed shipping containers that are just kind of placed evenly. It looks like a it looks like a makeshift, you know, like t-ball field almost, <laughs> but on on a real on a real uh, on a real NFL football field. Has, has Corbin talked anything about playing on that kind of field? And or to him, is it just another day? He has not talked about that. You know, he doesn't like to look ahead to uh, other games until they're upon him, pretty much. I know they're already up there, so they're probably getting some practice in right now. But honestly, I think the biggest thing for me that I would be looking at is just the dimensions in the sense that the corner walls are pretty um, short. No, well, they're tall, it, like lengthwise, but they're not, they're only like 300 feet out to right field. But then it's like 400 feet out to center field, which are really strange dimensions when it comes to maybe home runs, outfield defense, and then just how that how that plays in terms of power and power hitting. Let's go back, though, to this past weekend, because I don't think we we haven't spoken since the UCLA uh, series. What was it that you took away from that series? And why? I know it was a very crucial series, but why was it so crucial? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it's just for Vanderbilt, you're giving yourself more margin for error. So if Vanderbilt wants to host a regional, what I said prior to the season is like, you have the eight big non marquee non-conference games on their schedule, which was the three the first weekend, UCLA series, Maryland's this week, and then Louisville. And of those eight games, if you win four of them, that get, that puts you in a pretty good position to host if you win about 16 to 17 in SEC games because the, it'll have a high RPI and a lot of good wins. They already have four wins in those games. So that sets them up pretty well where they don't have to win that many SEC games in order to host. And so I think that's the most important part of the early season is just win enough games to have those wins banked by the time you start SEC play. And then you can buy yourself some time to maybe figure figure some things out. It was definitely a, a strange series in the in the eyes of uh, competition, I guess you could say, because you had uh, Friday night six to zero win 
then a zero to three loss, then a two to one close on the third. What uh, you know, when you see that, that's kind of been the the moniker of this team right now. It feels like they're trying to get things going, but definitely it's it's a good but bumpy start so far. Yeah, I think so far the pitching has been very good on the weekends. Now the midweeks have been a little bit of an adventure, but. On the weekends, the rotation has been very good. The bullpen has been very good uh, outside that one game against Oklahoma State. Um, and, you know, the offense hasn't been as good, but I think we knew that that was kind of how Vanderbilt was going to have to win games this year is with their pitching by winning games 2-1 to one and, you know, 3 to nothing, one to nothing. That kind of thing. Like, that's how Vanderbilt's going to have to win games this year. And they at least did win some games that way against a very good opponent. So that's better than not winning games, you know, the first first couple weekends. They will obviously need to get a little more from the offense. But I think that the pitching, you know, once they figure out, like, okay, here's who we trust in high leverage, here's who we don't trust in high leverage, the rotations looked great. So once they get everybody in the right roles in the bullpen, which I think they're starting to move in that direction anyway, then I think that, that it'll be a very good pitching staff. It's just a matter of how the offense comes together. Uh, and this weekend, the Cambria College Classic, Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota – uh, do you have any predictions on these games? Do you think they, they sweep through this this classic? I think it's, you know, deceptively tough just because Big Ten baseball, I think, can be a little bit chaotic at times. And I think that a lot of times these teams, they don't have as much depth as an SEC team, but their best players are still really good, which I would say is the case of both Nebraska and Maryland. So Nebraska on Friday, they have a really good Friday starter. Uh, who was on Team USA with Carter Holton, actually. And they have a really good third baseman, I believe he is. And then Maryland just has a really good offense. They don't have a very good bullpen, but they have a really good offense. I do think Vanderbilt should beat Minnesota. Minnesota is 0-8 right now. Um, they got swept by St. Louis last weekend. So that's an opponent that's you know more akin to some of the lower-end midweek opponents on the schedule. But I think that Nebraska and Maryland, you know, I could easily see them dropping one of those games, although I think that they're both very winnable games. But it wouldn't be the end of the world if they lost one of them. Aria Gerson has been our guest. You can follow her on Twitter once again at Aria underscore Gerson. Covers all things Vanderbilt for the Tennessee. And Aria, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good stuff there from Aria Gerson. I mean, Vandy right now, hey, got the pulse. It's got the pulse.